0: running for the touchdown jackpot baby josh jacobs
1: welcome to the jt the brick show always exciting to play at home we all want to play at home and this is an unbelievable venue to play at it's time for the jt the brick show on a personal level for me i I just we we can't wait to get game day right we can't wait to get on the grass jt the
0: brick cars up underneath james gonna fire quickly
1: jackpot baby Touchdown Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, here's your host, JT the Thanks for coming
2: back. It is hour number two as we're brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Drive responsibly over the holiday season. Remy Martin. Whenever I talk X's and O's, it's with the Remy Martin cocktail in my hand. The Remy Martin bar where Charles Woodson hung out with. Inside the Raiders Tavern and Grill, he loved it. We were in the back room at the Remy Martin bar. It was incredible with the Hall of Famer, Charles Woodson, his wife, his brother's family. And he said, JT the Brick, this room is unbelievable. And I said, Charles, it's the Remy Martin back room at the Raiders Tavern and Grill. What a time we had there. We'll see you there for the pre and post game show tomorrow. I keep thinking it's Sunday. We're going to be at the Raiders Tavern and Grill. We're going to be there on Thanksgiving. Right there. So thanks to our partners, there it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Clarence Hill is going to join us in a moment. We're going to talk to him about the Cowboys. Man, he's the best of the best. This guy's big time. So the Cowboys have a little bit of drama going on in ro- regards to injuries. Amari Cooper and Clarence is breaking that story. So Clarence, I want to know what's going on with Amari Cooper. So he'll join us here in a minute, and we'll get the we'll kind of get the temperature. Jerry Jones, who seems really pissed off jerry jones is really upset with amari cooper and what's going on with this covid protocol issue and he's not available so look at the, the the raiders get a break yeah and cd lamb how he is pushing through this protocol for him when he was wobbling off the field after his concussion is a bit of a surprise by me so if he wasn't playing that would be unique Uh, But, hey, look, it looks like most of the team is getting a little bit healthier here. But Jerry Jones is not happy. Not happy at all. He was on his radio show, and he made national news. And then Michael Irvin was also uh, filmed by TMZ outside the set of first take. And he wasn't happy, too. He was upset. And he was really upset about the fact that there are lesser players playing instead of Amari Cooper, who had... A chance to be vaccinated, and he chose not to. So it's his, it's his point that he didn't get vaccinated, and he put his team in this tough situation. Uh, some of the other news: the breaking news today is the Rams. Uh, Stan Kroenke loses the lawsuit with St. Louis seven hundred and eighty million dollars. Seven hundred and eighty million. Excuse me, seven hundred ninety million. The Rams settle the NFL lawsuit. So. This is going to be a big story going forward because Stan Kroenke, no doubt about it, is upset. He's got the money. He's got all the money in the world to pay for this. He has billions of dollars in the bank to pay for this. But the fact is, is he going to go to the other owners? Could he sue the other owners? What is he thinking at this point in time? And for the Rams, they don't deserve, they're not going to get a football team anywhere else down the road, but they are getting a significant amount of money here, the type of money that isn't life-changing overall for the city. It's a big city, but at least they're getting something in return, and they believe that they've won here. They've won at least some pride, and the pride is, is that you know that they're settling here, and for Kroenke, it could have been possibly worse here. So as we look at this, we'll get to this momentarily. We've got a lot of other topics to get to. John Sicenti is going to join us momentarily. We'll talk to him. About the bowl alliance and what's going to happen. And I think that the Las Vegas Bowl is going to get a big game. Uh, Speaking of big games, last night, number one Gonzaga played number two UCLA and smoked them at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, Dick Vitale came back and broadcast his first game. He was crying. He was in tears. And that was pretty emotional. I had that on my show last night. And to see Dickie V crying courtside at T-Mobile Arena as he was calling the game. It was emotional. Uh, I've had a chance to meet Dickie V a few times. I went to one of his events up in Napa for the V Foundation. He's a rock star. He's not a Mount Rushmore broadcaster. You can't put him up there with Vince Scully. You can't put him up there with the all-time breaks. But he's in the conversation as one of the greatest achievers of all time, Uh, going from his career as a coach to where he's gone to at ESPN. I just hope, and a couple of people are starting to build on this, it would be very nice if CBS or TBS and their family let him broadcast a game during the tournament. So we're waiting on a guest right now. That opens the line for you, 702-365-9200, 702-365-9200. Happy Thanksgiving from my family to yours. If you're traveling, be safe, please. And let us know what you think the key to the Raiders' victory is. There's got to be a key to the game because this is one of the best rosters that the Raiders are going to play against, and they know it. And the Raiders are going to have to play close to a perfect game. And they haven't played a good game in quite some time. Uh, The Raiders and Cowboys injury report was just released. And it's amazing. Some players are coming back. Coming back. John Simpson, as you heard from Rich Passaccia, will be questionable with a rib injury. And those who are out, uh, Nixon with his ankle, he's out. Uh, Nick Witkowski with his ankle, he's out. But everybody else was pretty much full and ready to go. Then you look at the Dallas Cowboys injury report, and it's interesting to see who's coming back. First, C.D. Lamb was limited today. He's questionable for the game coming off his concussion. I just talked to Q, who's coming up next on the radio. He's going to Dallas, and it was very interesting what we talked about. because C.D. Lamb, C.D. Lamb did not look good when he came off the field. He did not look good coming off the field, so how are they pushing him through protocol Amari Cooper is out because of not being vaccinated for COVID. So that's going to be a big deal. And then on IR is Donovan Wilson. But the big player is Tyron Smith. He was full participant, the offensive lineman here the last couple of games, the left tackle. And he is a great player. A great player. And without him, they're a mess. When he's healthy, they are a tough team to beat. So they get back their best offensive lineman that they need. And we'll see if they're able to run the ball to the left side behind him or what they're going to do with Pollard and Zeke. I think Pollard's going to get the ball a little bit more this time. He's fresher, he's quicker, and he can cause the Raiders some more problems. So still have no idea why it's taking Nicholas Morrow forever, Richie Incognito forever, Trayvon Mullen forever to come back. Those are some important, really important pieces to the Raiders who they haven't been able to count on for a while. So, love to hear from you on this. We'll wait for Clarence coming up here in a minute. Alan in Vegas, thanks for waiting on the flagship. Go ahead, Alan.
3: jt. if I don't call you in the post game tomorrow, happy Thanksgiving. Cue to the game. You know, I hate to say this, but I really just want to see some energy, especially from the offense. I want to see some enthusiasm. I want to see some passion. And a lot of it from Derek Carr. Uh, I called yesterday to tell you about that Derek to start scrambling to get more aggressive. I want to see that from, from all
2: 53, win or lose, just, at this point, play with some energy. I think they play with energy, Max and Gawkway, Abram. Even though Abram isn't a great player in coverage, he plays with a lot of energy. You know, We haven't seen that issue this year with the energy. What is everybody seeing? The pace of the game, if that's what you're talking about, I'm specifically talking about the pace of these games and how the team isn't starting fast enough and all that. I'm not talking about energy. Alex Leatherwood has energy. James has energy at center. Deshaun Jackson's got all the energy in the world. I see the energy there in warm-ups when I I get down to the sideline. I don't see it when the game starts in real time. And that's what we're talking about. The pace of the game is the pace going to pick up. 702 365 9200 as we, uh, we continue on. Vegas, wake up. We got a football team in this town, Vegas. Wake up. We're one of the 32. Okay? I'm not doing a show in Milwaukee where they get more Packer fans calling in. We're in Vegas, entertainment capital of the world. Wake the hell up. Raiders are playing the Cowboys. Act like a football town as I go to Texas. Tim in Texas. What's happening, brother?
1: Hello, how are you, how you doing today? Good, thank you. Uh, just, just real quick, I just want to say that, because um, uh, I heard you say the stuff about the Rams and stuff, and uh, uh, every single day uh, or every, some part of the year, we hear about how the NFL uh, and the and the Rams or the Chargers and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. is pretty much getting theirs because uh, of, of the bullcrap that they did to the Raiders when they were trying to move to Los Angeles. But I'm glad that the Raiders are in Las Vegas. I'm going to have a house full of people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I live here in Lubbock, Texas. I'm going to have a house full of people in my house, mostly going for the Cowboys. But I'm going to be sitting up there crunk, 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 going for my Raiders <laughs> and sitting up there eating. I guarantee you I'm going to be hollering and screaming, and everybody needs to get on board. we five and 5 It's time to go ahead and get this stuff done. We can still make it to the playoffs. We can still do what we got to do.
2: Yeah, I think they can get to the playoffs, but they almost feel like they have to win out. It almost feels like they have to win out, and that, I don't, they're not going to win out. There's no chance they're going to win out. They're going to lose some games along the way, but if they can get to 7-5, and five, if they can get to 7-5, and five, they're a better team than the Washington football team. They should be at home, and the Cowboys, Cowboys aren't playing well, and they have injuries like the Raiders, and I think the Raiders have a quarterback in Derek Carr that has the ability to outplay Dak Prescott. He better, but why is he here? Why is he here in Vegas if he can't outplay Dak Prescott, Homer on the road? We're trying, to, we're trying to compare Derek to who? Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. He lost to Joe Burrow. I mean, one of these times, Derek's going to have to step up and beat one of these quarterbacks on another team because he beats them. And he doesn't play him like the NBA. He doesn't guard Dak Prescott, but he's in the business of putting up stats and, and throwing touchdowns and attacking. Let's see if Derek can outplay Dak in Dak's house. That's going to be very hard to do. Reggie's in North Las Vegas on Raider Nation Radio. Hello. JT the Brick,
1: I got a first start off my side. I apologize for yesterday. I called in. You got me so pumped up while I was on hold that I lost it and never controlled my conversation. So forgive me, and happy belated birthday.
2: Thank you, Reggie.
1: Real quick, man, I'm trying to get this Raider Nation to to do exactly what you said. Wake up. I don't care. We, We say... Win, lose, a tie, reign a nation till we die. Is that just you talking, or do you believe that? Because if you believe that, you get behind this team if we 0-9, if we 0-10. We still want this team to win. Yes, I'm disappointed. I'm very frustrated. But I believe we got enough men on this squad, enough good players, to go win this game. And I'm the same way. I got relatives that's gonna be all in my face because they Dallas Cowboy fans. But you think I'm gonna back down? No, Raider Nation till we die. Raider Nation unite. Happy holidays. But guess what? Every day is Thanksgiving, and I'm thankful for being part of the Raider Nation. Thank you, JT. Let's go.
2: Yep. Nice, nice phone call there. Optimism, optimism. Every few calls, right? Not every call has got to be negative. There's got to be some optimism along the way. There's got to be some optimism along the way as we're ready to roll here. As we will go out to Dallas, uh, the premier insider coming up for the Dallas Cowboys, who is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Clarence Hill, kind enough to join us. And Clarence, a lot happening. Let's jump in with the tone of Jerry Jones and your reporting on Amari Cooper not being vaccinated and not available on Thanksgiving.
3: Yeah, you know, there's there's so much uh, to impact here because, you know, Cooper's only one of two Cowboy players who are not vaccinated, Cooper and Keanu Neal. And certainly before the season, you know, we asked Dak about teammates not being vaccinated, and, you know, he didn't want to really – he didn't want to throw his teammates under the bus, and, and, and obviously Dak is vaccinated, and the majority of the team is vaccinated. But uh, there's a fine line between, you know, Making an individual choice and and doing what's best for the team. And when when you know when you're on a team, just like in a household, you know I, I I'm I, you know I'm just gonna I'm vaccinated. I think people should be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. If you're at home by yourself, you can make a personal choice. But when you're around other people, can you know, affect other people. You know you should be vaccinated because it's not just about you anymore. It's about them. And and certainly outside of that, it's per NFL rules. If you're not vaccinated, based on the rules, you know the the the, the the time you're off is more punitive for people who are not vaccinated. So, again, you're putting yourself in a position to miss important games for your team. You know, that should be more important. I know I, as long as I've been around the league, I know you've been around the league and, and dealing with the Raiders for a long time. It's always about the team, the team, the team, what's best for the team. That's what football is about. It's about the team. And when you don't get vaccinated, you're doing not doing what's best for the team. That was Jerry Jones's point. You know, we're paying this guy a lot of money. We're, you know, you're getting you know, $20 million annually from the Cowboys. And you're not putting the team uh, first. And we're trying to win a title, and you're not putting the team first. So that's his disappointment and
2: frustration. Clarence Hill is our guest. And Clarence, I saw Amari. He was a great kid when he came into the league, a fantastic kid when he was in Oakland. But his body language, his body language, yeah, his body language was terrible at the end in Oakland. He didn't have a lot of passion during a game, but then he could break out and have a good game. And I know he's had up and down games, but every time I tune into a Cowboy game, it seems like Amari Cooper's having a breakout game or making big plays. So how big of a loss is it here with the depth of this team and considering how much money he's getting? Do you think Jerry's going to crack him even harder down the road? Like, he could probably want to get out of this or move him down the road or this thing will calm down?
3: Yeah, you, know, you know, first of all, we're talking about Jerry Jones, who stood by a lot of great players yes. who had worse shortcomings and, and, and misgivings than Amari Cooper, you know, and stood by them and, 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 as long as they help you win. And it's about, for Jerry, it's all about, can you help me win? And, right, Amari Cooper's the team's best receiver. And, and he's been great since he's been in Dallas. And we talked to him last week. The funny thing is, the day before he got popped, we talked to him about his time in Oakland and regrets and whatever else. And he acknowledged he did not. He was not at his best. You know, he didn't say whose fault it was. But he acknowledged that he didn't put up the numbers he should have put up in New Oakland, you know, yeah. as, as a top pick. You know, and, and I guess I keep saying Oakland for the Raiders. It was Oakland at the time. And and he acknowledged that. But since he's been to Dallas, he's done nothing different. Certainly he's had a bigger, better quarterback. Uh, to a certain extent, in a better offensive of system, but he's broken out in Dallas. His body language is the same. You know, that's who he is—a laid-back guy. But he's an intelligent guy. One reason why we're we're very shocked that he's not back today because he's so studied and so read. But not having him on the field starting to hurt them last week against the Chiefs, and, and it will hurt them this week because he's a guy who is obviously one of the premier route runners in the league. He's the most veteran, savage receiver on the team. Uh, he knows how to get away from bubble run coverage. One thing the Cowboys have struggled with outside, you know, when they talk about the blueprint against the Cowboys offense, it's about being physical with those receivers and and covering them one-on-one. That's what Denver did. That's what the Chiefs did. And the Cowboys expect the uh, Oakland – I'm sorry, the the Raiders, the Vegas Raiders to to do the same, to be physical with those guys guys outside. And they have to win outside, whether they're pushing, grabbing, holding or whatever else. And they're going to miss Amari Cooper because he was the best one at it.
2: Clarence Hill is our guest. So, Clarence, they got a great opportunity in a weak division – like last year, Washington had an opportunity and a breakout to get in. I mean, they're not looking over their shoulders now, right? They've, had, they've struggled in two out of their last three games. They had the blowout win against the Falcons. But overall, what's the mindset around this squad, the media? You're one of the biggest guys in the media down there on this team. They, they're probably going to get a home playoff game if they trip to the finish line. But this is a Super Bowl roster when they're completely healthy.
3: Yeah, they're confident. They're, they're, they're very confident. They're still confident. Obviously, they have to, you know, again, answer these questions that the people have about them and get their guys back. One reason why they're confident and going to remain confident, certainly you talk about the division, but the Eagles are coming on. You know, and if the Cowboys stumble, the Eagles have a chance, you know, because there's a lot of division games in December. But but they feel good about themselves. So they feel very good about the roster because they're going to get even better. The funny thing about it is, right now, the thing that they can count on the most is that defense. That that awful defense is one of the worst in in front of history last year it's certainly been an about-face with rookie sensation Michael Parsons and what he's done uh, to go along with Dan Quinn. And just understand that, you know, as, as bad as that game was last week in Kansas City and the bad as the offense looked, that defense held them to three points over the better part of 40 minutes uh, of that game. You know, they gave up 16 points uh, through the first quarter and the first two minutes of the second quarter. After that, the Chiefs were at home. With Patrick Mahomes, with Tyreek Hill, with Travis Kelsey, you know, scored three points. You know, they had four punts. They had a, they uh, a, uh, and that included four punts, interception, and a forced fumble by Michael Parsons, a second of forced fumble. So they're feeling good about this defense. And the good news for the Cowboys is they're going to start getting some of their guys back. DeMarcus Lawrence should be back next week mm-hmm. for the Saints game. They're going to get Randy Gregory back after that. So they know they can get better on defense. Of course, they're getting this offense back on track. And on Thursday, they're going to have. Tyron Smith, their left tackle, Pro Bowl, perennial Pro Bowl left tackle, will be back, uh, hopefully be able to defend those great passwords from the, from the Raiders so they couldn't block and protect the quarterback last week. So they we have Tyron Smith back, the two starting tackles back, will be back and playing the game for the first time since the season open. C.D. Lamb will miss the, uh, the second half of the Chiefs game with a concussion you will be ready to go. So they feel good
2: about their chances. Mm-hmm. They just got to get healthy. Clarence Hill Jr. as we wrap it up. Clarence, I've known you a while. I wanted to wrap it up with the power of Jerry Jones. The decisions he made around Carson, California, on the Chargers and the Raiders. Then Cronkie comes in and Kroenke gets L.A., and there should be a documentary and a book written about how Jerry changed the boat to get Kroenke and to have control of L.A. and Inglewood, SoFi Stadium. He was the power broker, and he had a lot to do with Vegas, right? He's a guy that believes in Vegas and Mark Davis. If you look at everything that Jerry's done, the star, the stadium, I mean, this is one of the most powerful owners. The media rights deal in all of this what do you think about the breaking news today that the NFL and the Rams are settling with St. Louis? 790000000 million. I'm sure Jerry Jones has an opinion on this because Stan Kroenke's not happy and he's going to want some money from his neighbors, his friends, his other owners. Uh, uh, no doubt. It, it, that,
3: that's part of it. And, you know, it's obvious Jerry and Kroenke were were right there together with certainly spearheading or, or, or muscling that deal with – with with that stadium in Inglewood over the other stadium site and and understand this you you talk about the power of Jerry Jones and everybody outside look at Jerry Jones is buffoon honored his old hick this country boy who's always meddlesome in the Cowboys but you know since the beginning he has had influences in the TV contracts property rights marketing throughout the league certainly now you look at uh, you you talk about his influence right? he's the one who sold uh, the suites and, and 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 doing all the concessions at the stadium in, in 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 Vegas. He did the same thing with the Rams, did the same thing uh, with the 49ers uh, in, in their new stadium, and the same thing in Atlanta. I mean, Jerry, Jerry Jones is making money off other teams. That that that's what it yeah. is. He's, he's making money off the Rams, off the Raiders. He was making money off the uh, the 49ers. That's the type of influence he has. When they make money, he makes money. He, he always says, you know, one of the statements, lift all boats. And the voters mainly listen a lot of times. <laughs> It's Jerry Jones's boat, but uh, that's why he's in all the fame. You know, it's not just about you know, quote unquote, being the GM of the Cowboys and being about those three two ball runs You go back to those deals, those stadium deals he made. You know, having a separate deal with Pepsi while the league was dealing with Coke, or having a separate deal with Ford while the league was having a deal with uh, with, with with Chevy or, or or someone else. He he made the local deals uh, for owners to to make money off of that. So.
4: Listen, it's
3: no surprise to me because I've been covering it since
4: 1996.
3: Uh, You know, it's funny because I I remember just a few years ago in 2016 when he was trying to sue the league, you know, over the Ezekiel Elliott stuff. You know, he was trying Mm -hmm. to get Goodell fired over the Ezekiel Elliott stuff. Now they're all walking hand in hand and catching money at the bank together.
2: Catching money, making bank. Clarence, my son's a junior at Oklahoma. He's diehard Raider Nation. He's in for the game. I got Johnny Mack keeping an eye on him. He's looking at tailgate. So keep an eye on my son if you look down from the press box there because I don't know how many Raider fans are going to be there at the stadium there, but it feels like a must-win game. And I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this. Thank you.
3: No problem, man. Thank you for having me. Johnny Meg is, is a great host. He's going to take care of him. You know, I'm a longhorn, so you're hurting me with that tuna <laughs> mess. But uh, we're, we're going to look out for him anyway.
2: Thank you, Clarence. All the best. See you at the Super Bowl. All right, man, Thank you. There he is. There, there's Clarence Hill, Jr. What a reporter. Did you hear what he said about Jerry Jones at the end, who he's making money off of? He is making money with his deals with Legends and the other company off everybody. Jerry is a power broker. I've always liked Jerry. I've always thought the world of Jerry Jones because it was a respect to Al Davis. And one of the biggest interviews I've ever did for the Raiders on the broadcast preseason game in Dallas. And Jerry, they booked it, and I did four or five minutes with Jerry. And it was big. And it was all about Al Davis. All about Al Davis back in the day. And I know how much he respects Mark Davis and the connection there and the history. And he is a gold jacket Hall of Famer. Jerry Jones is. All right. Well, the week went fast, Bobby. It's a short week. Uh, No show on Friday. I called those shows the last couple of weeks the aftermath. Those have been tough. Those have been tough shows, no doubt about it. JT with your Grimaldi's Pizza. Look, you're going to have Thanksgiving, but the night before, the night after, lunch, head on out to any of the great Grimaldi's in town. 702-365-9200.
1: We haven't really gotten, you know, even on the third and one, we ended up losing, I think, three yards. It became fourth and three or fourth and four, and I'd rather not go there then. And I thought our defense was playing well. You know, we were giving up some field goals, but we um, thought we were playing well enough, and we had the turnover all early. You always think you got a chance to get another one. So, you know, and last week we had the fourth and one, and we went offsides and ended up part of the football. So all those things go through your mind. But I think especially defensively, we were playing well. We didn't want to put ourselves in that position where we were on the field to have to have a chance to try to go for it.
2: It's Rich Basaccia. Joining us, and normally I have his interview this week, but we had an off week here, and we have a Thanksgiving edition of the Silver and Black show that I hosted that you'll see on Saturday on News 8. You'll get a chance to see that. It's just me solo, and we're talking about a lot of Thanksgiving stuff and holidays and Raider Foundation and what the players are doing in the community so that's what we're doing this week. If you're going to the Raider game in Dallas, have a safe trip. I know a lot of Raider fans like that trip often. They, they, when that trip happens, they really enjoy it. It's a big trip for the Raider Nation when that happens. And, you know, I said this earlier today. If you follow me on Twitter, and you don't have to, because there's a lot of people who follow me on Twitter who eventually stop. So I'm good with that. But I tweeted out earlier today that the Lions should be removed from playing football at home on Thanksgiving Because it's a terrible tradition. They're a terrible franchise, and other teams should have an opportunity to host the game. No need to debate or argue because you can't support the other side. So a lot of people are agreeing with me on that tweet, and then there's a couple of people that don't agree. And all I'm saying in regards to this, it's a terrible tradition. It's an awful tradition for the Lions to play at home every year because they're the worst team in NFL history It's not a great tradition. Nobody cares about the game. No one cares about the Lions. And the argument I get every so often was, well, when I was a kid, Barry Sanders played. Okay, he doesn't play there anymore. And when he played there, they didn't win a lot. So it's not a big deal to get rid of that game and not have that game there anymore. Now, why would I say that? Do I want to break up the tradition? Yes. A great tradition is the Rose Bowl parade. Why? Because it's neutral teams that come in. Big 10, Pac-12, but you have this amazing parade with a flyover and horses and floats with flowers. It's a tradition. The Masters is a tradition unlike any other. We don't know who's going to win. We tune in every year. Jack Nicholas won it six times. Tigers won it. We don't know who's going to win, but it's a tradition, and we watch the Masters. Why would we have to watch the Detroit Lions every bleeping year on Thanksgiving knowing that that game sucks now, the other side of the story is I've been on in Detroit my whole career, luckily. And no one that I know in Detroit likes it. So how would you like to have, feel the pressure on Thanksgiving to have to get out of your house in Detroit, drive down to Ford Field in the rain or snow, and then go into a game and watch the team lose? That's a great tradition. So my point is this. Let's dip the show in reality. Let's move the game to Vegas. Not every year. Who doesn't like to come to Vegas for Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Coach K is coaching Friday here against Gonzaga. You think Gonzaga likes being in Vegas all week for Thanksgiving? Yeah, they love it. They're staying in a glamorous hotel, casino, great food, service, room service, unbelievable energy in Vegas. Imagine, I don't know this. I know that Raider fans didn't didn't mind going to London. They didn't. They didn't mind going to Mexico City. Why? It was a great road trip. Now, if you make the Raiders do that every year, it becomes a pain in the ass. Now Mark Davis has built a state-of-the-art stadium. We don't go anywhere. We stay home. We don't have to go anywhere anymore. Make the other teams go. Jacksonville, let let they go to London every year, not the Raiders. And then every once in a while, if you want to move the Raiders to a game, okay, talk about it, negotiate it with it. But Mark Davis now gets Super Bowls, Pro Bowls, Final Fours, European soccer games, international games, and he's got the kickoff classic. John Sissenti's going to join us. The Las Vegas Bowl, all in Allegiant Stadium. Why not Thanksgiving? Can you imagine NFL fans coming in here from Green Bay, from Detroit, from Minnesota, going, "Oh my God, we're playing the Raiders on Thanksgiving at Allegiant Stadium." You know what it would do for this economy? It's incredible. So do you agree with me that this is the worst tradition in all of sports? I would say it's the all-time worst. Thanksgiving in Detroit. No one can defend it. You'll never meet anybody who says, no, 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 JT, here's my reason why. N- never. It stinks. It's awful. It's bad football, and we're forced to watch it. And now the Lions, again, are having another year with are winless. 702-365-9200. A couple of comments from Derek Carr that I wasn't able to comment on. Uh, this week on the changes that they have to make this week in practice. I think this is a week where Derek shouldn't have to make the changes that you think are crazy. I just think he's got to get back to basics and what's worked earlier in the year.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, we believe that we can make those changes. Um, you know, now we have to go do it. You know, there's, there's a difference between, you know, just believing it and actually going out and doing it. we got to prove it, right? Um, but, yeah, Hondo, I think that when we watch the tape, um, you see things and you see moments where we can uh, – uh, absolutely be better and where we have been better in the past um, and uh, hopefully tie those things in together on a short week against a really good football team and actually play better.
2: You know, It seems like it makes a lot of sense to fans. If it's a short week, go back to what worked. Go over the film at what worked against Baltimore and Pittsburgh and run the same plays. How different can the Dallas team be than Baltimore and Pittsburgh? So run those plays that worked in those games. Problem is there's no Henry Ruggs. Who was available and playing in those games. So at this point in time, I think the Raiders have to go back to basics. They don't have to change a lot. I think the thing that they have to change the most is the tempo of the speed of the game. And if they could do that, go back with the plays that worked this year and make it simpler. Don't make it more complex. Make the playbook simpler and have the best plays that work for Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, and then mix in a few more for Kenyon Drake and Deshaun Jackson. How difficult can that be? Because Carr knows they haven't looked right the last three weeks.
0: I, I think it's very interesting um, because, you know, we thought that we could always, like, play better, you know. And we were able to win those games, and they were some close games. Um, but we had some things going on in those games that uh, we're, we're not getting away with right now. You know, and we got away with them then. Um, and when you win, it's, it feels good and all that kind of stuff. But um, us inside the building, we were looking at those things and saying – man, we have to do these things better or it's going to come up and get us, and it has in the last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, it's coming and get them. It's, it's dragged them down in the division. It's dragged them down overall. They're the 11th seed now in the playoffs with seven seeds available. How the hell did that happen? They're like right there in the playoff hunt, and now they're not. It, they're, they're lucky to be in that category in the hunt, but they won't be if they lose this game, and you could tell that it's frustrating Derek Carr.
0: I think it's a... Uh, I, I don't know the right wording for it, but there's definitely a feeling of you know, enough is enough, you know, we got to win and uh, we're in the business of, you know, winning, you know, and, you know, if you don't win, um, you know, it doesn't feel too good when you do win, it feels pretty good. And, uh, you know, you want to make sure that, um, you know, win or loss, you come in and you're always trying to get better and get better at things you got to get better at. But for us, you know, you know, this is a big game uh, for us, just like they all are. Um, And it's a big game because it's the next game, you know, and what an opportunity for us to get back on track on the road in a hostile environment against a really good football team.
2: Derek Carr has lost a lot of games as the quarterback of the Raiders, but a lot of them weren't his fault. We know that. He was the best player on the team and one of the best players, and he didn't have really good quality players around him, and I think he does now. I think that the players have gotten better, and that's all they were talking about in the offseason was look at the draft picks. Look at who we brought in. Look at who we have now. We're a better team. I believed it. Most of the insiders that I read, I mean, every column I read now is negative. I saved the newspaper. I mean, a lot of them were really positive. Right? I get the newspaper delivered to my home. Every month, we put them in the garage, and then I throw them out. If you look back from the beginning of November to the end of November, a lot of those columns are positive. Now they're negative. That's the job of journalists, to report the facts, and it's a negative time now surrounding this team. That's why they need a win to kind of get some positive vibes going with the media going forward, especially here in Vegas. One more from Card talking about what they got to do to be better, how they need to excel again.
0: I'll let if the coaches want to talk about like certain positions and things like that. I'm just worried, you know, about about me. Um, you know, you know, making sure that I'm always as accurate as possible, making sure I'm always making the perfect decision, the right check, exactly what the coach wants, um, and things like that. But if you know Oli or Coach Passaccio want to talk about like other positions. Like I'll let him, you know. But but from my pers- perspective, like I'm, you know, I'll, I'll talk about you know ways that I could be better.
2: An interesting topic. It's not a fun topic, but an interesting topic is where is Derek now in the arc of his career? I don't know this, but I think this is a crossroads game. You don't get an opportunity to play much on Thanksgiving in Dallas on national TV, especially when you're the captain of a football team, a prideful team like the Raiders with tradition when the team is reeling now and not playing well. So with all of that involved, with all of that involved, where is Derek in the arc of his career? That's a very complicated question. He's got a contract coming up. You know, he's got a backup quarterback who might be, might be closer to playing more than not. And there's probably going to be some changes down the road coming up. So I think he's at a really critical point in his career, don't you? Be a nice time for him to play a big game. I think he shows up for every game. But this game, I think there's going to be more pressure on Derek because of the size of the game. It looks on television like a playoff game. Dallas and the Raiders. It looks bright in Dallas, and it's big. Well, our quarterback here in Vegas needs to play big because Dak Prescott, he plays big often, and that's why he got that big contract. Gangster Raider, go ahead. Happy Thanksgiving. He's gone as we move on. And when we come back, John Sicenti is going to join us coming up from the Las Vegas Bowl. And we'll talk to him about the potential matchups here. Uh, Just a few more opportunities to talk about who could be playing here in Vegas in a marquee game. Really big game. And John's a good friend of mine. I'm real happy for his success. So we'll hear what he has to say. Bobby is getting his ass kicked on the other side today. For a lot of reasons, I give him a lot of respect. I'm thankful that I have Bobby on days like today so I don't come through the microphone and I can get out of here and enjoy a few hours before Thanksgiving. Third downs have been uh, our Achilles' Hill it's, it's you know when you're not staying on the field, uh, which has been a, has been an issue. Has been a, we've kind of stayed on schedule. We like to say uh, and be in third and manageable situations. And we, the, you know the past two weeks we've had third and three or less and have jumped off sides or not gotten a, a first down. Um, and that's that's you know again that stalls drives out puts the defense back on the field. Um, So third down has been the big emphasis it was last week. It will be again this week. The Raiders have been a disaster on third down, an epic disaster. One of nine, one of seven. Unacceptable. Fix it. Run better plays. Have Derek Carr become more mobile. And Derek's got to run more. Okay, no more of Derek on third and three throwing it away. We're checking down. Derek's got to run five yards. He can do it. We all believe he can do it. He's got to show it on Thanksgiving. JT, back with you as we continue. Brought to you by the M Resort Spa and Casino. We'll be there tomorrow on Thanksgiving for the Raiders pre- and post-game. My great friend John Sicenti, kind enough to join us. The executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl. And... John, exciting time for you. Time is ticking here as we wait for this great matchup. But as we begin, happy Thanksgiving, good friend. I hope you have a great holiday. JT, how are you, my friend? Um,
4: Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. It's, it's It's the fun time of year, but it's the crazy time of year.
2: Oh, you are in a bunker. You are buried, and I know how busy you are. Before we get to the potential matchup, when ESPN came out with the ranking show, I was happy to see Cincinnati there, and I think they could stay there. But the perfect storm has to be you know, Alabama losing, because if Alabama beats Georgia, Georgia-Alabama are there. Then there's only two slots left, obviously Ohio State and Michigan. One of the two are going to get it there, and then the Big 12 is going to be screaming to kick Cincinnati out if they have a winner with only one loss. So how safe do you think Cincinnati is at number four?
4: Well, I think if you look at the track record of that Ohio State-Michigan matchup, I mean, Ohio State owns Michigan, right? And, and we've seen Ohio State get better and better each week. So I think as we sit here today, we think Ohio State will continue to own them, right? And, and if they do, that certainly knocks Michigan out of the equation. I, I, I'm one to believe that you know it, Cincinnati, although you could say their strength, strength of schedule is not great, um, they've not played that many teams, you know, who is the Big Ten really, really face that's that great that you can make that great of an argument about um that, that, that their their schedule was that much better than the Cincinnati's, who the last time I checked, all you can do is win every game on your schedule and stay undefeated, which they did. So I'd love to see Cincinnati get in there, make things a little more interesting. Um, and and let's be honest, I, I you know, Ohio State Ohio State and Michigan are gonna kinda cancel themselves out. So we're looking forward to uh, to how this thing plays out down the stretch.
2: What's fascinating to me, John, is Notre Dame at six. And Notre Dame, when they lost to Cincinnati, in the back of their mind, half the program must have said, we're toast, we're done. But well, then reasonable people probably said, look, Cincinnati could lose or something could happen, and I don't see any possibility that they could leapfrog that team. They could leapfrog Michigan. They could leapfrog Ohio State. I could see that potentially happening, but Cincinnati is the crawl on their side. How, that's got to drive that program nuts right now.
4: Oh, buddy! If Notre Dame signs away to jump Cincinnati, you will see. You will see. uh, You will see a lot of people freak the heck out uh, and and try to blow up that CFP selection committee. I would not want to be Gary Barter sitting there in front of there on TV and talk about how he thinks that Notre Dame, uh, you know, was more deserving than the team that, that beat him. Uh, and undefeated. It, it, there's no way that happens. No way.
2: The executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl, John Sassenti, joins us with the Pac-12 championship here with the Pac-12 team coming up in the bowl with the Big Ten. What you're seeing here, what was the biggest development since the last time we talked that could affect your lineup at your bowl game?
4: Well, we we thought we'd be sitting here today having a conversation and things would be a little clearer um, And and given the fact that You know, Michigan State got crushed. Uh, Oregon got crushed. Uh, I think it just muddied everything up significantly. Now, do I think we're still in line for a wicked matchup? I do, Um, because, you know, the way things are playing out in the Big Ten, I mean, we now – you could put technically Wisconsin back in the mix. Uh, They got a tough one against Minnesota. You could put Michigan State in that mix. Uh, Penn State, if they beat Michigan State – this weekend, obviously, that elevates them a little bit, and they're, and they're you know, they, they sign their coach to a 10 year extension. Um, you know, it, th- things are playing up great on that side. On the other side, on the Pac 12, same thing. You know, with Utah beating Oregon the way they did, um, you know, what does that do to Oregon's psyche going into a rivalry game against an Oregon State team that's playing really good football? Um, you know, Oregon State could play Utah for the Pac 12 championship. That drops Oregon down potentially in our window. You know, ASU, UCLA, maybe Washington State, Mm -hmm. Oregon State. I mean, everything was supposed to be clearer by this week. And because of all the, uh, the, you know, the the small little chaos games, uh, things got muddier for us.
2: Yeah, and again, that's your job. And what's so good about it with you is you have the ability now to sell tickets and you're meeting with all your partners. You're coming on all our radio shows, which we love about you. And then, you know, whatever you get, you're going to get an unbelievable game. You're building kickoff classics, unbelievable Las Vegas balls, and then you run with it with the support of this community. And I wanted to move to that point because i saw gonzaga and ucla i'm going to gonzaga coming up and duke coach k's last game here in town the games that you're putting on the raiders you see Allegiant stadium and these big concerts and venues there t-mobile with the golden knights did you ever imagine that this city would be together on the same page with all these venues all popping at the same time and everybody supporting each other
4: Buddy, it is uh it is crazy I mean you just you just I mean we don't even have to go back that far to remember a time where we didn't have the Golden Knights we didn't have the Raiders we didn't have the aces we didn't have 10 basketball tournaments here I mean it's nuts to see how quickly this this city is continued to grow and you know I I've, I've been saying it for years I, I used to sit on this committee called um, Team Vegas where the LVCVA put a group of you know, sports event promoters and, and sports teams um, and talked about the importance of us being, quote-unquote, Team Vegas and promoting the destination as the sports and entertainment capital of the world. And at the time, we only had a handful of things, and but we all embraced it. We all knew that that, that, was, the, that was the path that we were going down. And you saw the resorts and the casino companies completely change their mindset and completely change their direction and embrace and know that that's where the business was going. Um, you know, with with what MGM Resorts is doing with the Beer Garden and T-Mobile Arena and, and their commitment to the to Allegiant Stadium, they all recognized it too. And now we 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 say it, but it, it there's nobody nobody that can claim that the sports and entertainment capital of the world like we can. We we own the sports world, in my opinion, and it's going to just continue to grow. We might get the A's, we might get an NBA team. Um, it's a little scary to think how quickly we are growing and how many things we have, but at the same time, when you're, when you're an old fart like me in the sports world, uh, you know it, it, it's good to see that, that we continue to grow past that. Yeah, don't throw
2: that by me. My birthday yesterday, man. I got you, so I'm, just, I'm still grounding out five hours of radio a day, grinding like you are. Give us the final number here. When to Give us the phone number, the website. Let's get ahead of the tickets here, so when you make your announcement, we already have tickets in hand. Well, First off,
4: my friend, we're going to back up a little bit. Now I know you're getting old because the fact that you're working after a birthday tells yes. me that you are a little old. I've oh. known you for a long time, and I know that there were some days you probably wouldn't have worked the next day after a birthday.
2: You know it's funny? All my buddies who you know about, a lot of them are landing in Maui now for, for like this quick trip. And I'm like, I could fit that in after the Raider game tomorrow. But kids home from college and all that. But, uh, yeah, you're right about right that. On. There has been some missed days. So let's get you're the right number out right on in the website. Yeah, it, the the best way to
4: go, uh, JT, for everybody is LVBowl.com, LVBowl.com. We got, as of today, I checked this morning. You know, we sold 500 tickets yesterday, which is, which is wow. fantastic. We got 19,000 tickets to go uh, until we're out. People are seeing the buzz. People are seeing the teams that are in place. People know that this is going to be, you know, big-time college football at Allegiant Stadium at, on the 30th of December. So, you know, we're close to New Year's. Um, it's just, you know, they know they're going to get a good matchup. They know they're going to get a good game. And so uh, get on out to Allegiant Stadium and see, you know, what's what's dubbed as the
2: new Las Vegas Bowl. Have a great Thanksgiving. I hope to see you over the weekend, buddy. Buddy, you too. Thanks for all you do, and thanks for telling our story. Yeah, you got it. There he is, John Sassenti. I don't know how you're not buying tickets right now. I mean, that guy's great. He's trying to fill up the stadium. So Vegas looks incredible on national TV. So do that for the Las Vegas ball. All right, I want to stop for a second and give thanks to a lot of people. Uh, Bobby, great week. Unbelievable week of radio. A lot of big guests all over the place. Screening phone calls, calls dropping, trying to track down guests. You grinded it out. Have a great Thanksgiving. And you're working with us tomorrow on the Raiders pregame show. Now I want to mention our partners here that I want to give thanks to because they know I couldn't do this without them. Billshappen.com, when you need extra cash, go to Billshappen.com. No matter what you need, you can get up to $5,000 cash as early as tomorrow at Billshappen.com, and they are Raider fans, our great friends at Modelo. Oh, the fighting spirit, the bucket of Modelo's that I have on Friday. Modelo's been great to me. Fantastic to me because they know I drink Modellos. I tweet out the Modello photos all the time, and I love my bucket of Modellos, not only on a Friday, wink, wink, over a holiday season. You know about that. PTs, they fuel the monologue. They've been with me as long as anybody. We thank them. Head on out to PTs over the holidays. Wahoo's Fish Tacos, run by my best friend here in town and what they're able to do. The food is fantastic. They got that second deck on Eastern, which I really want you to go to and see. Wahoo's Fish Taco on Eastern, but all their other locations here. Order some takeout food. Take a friend there. It's great for gaming, sports. Wahoo's Fish Taco. Really appreciate their partnership here. The Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you're looking for in any tires plus. On 350 North Boulder Highway, that's where you should get your tires, your smog, anything that you need. Our great friends at Laborers Union, 872 Tommy White, the best. Tommy White, a king in Vegas here. M Resort, we appreciate them. Michael E. Minden Jewelers, where I get my jewelry for my wife and I get my watches. Love it there. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Salmonashlaw.com, because you deserve what's right Remy Martin again, thank you. Doghouse at Resorts World, fabulous what they do for us. I think I got everybody in there, and that's why we have the show that we have. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow for the Raiders pre and post game show. Go, Raiders.